Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. My name is Ronika Jacobs, and you found my podcast, Strive for More, Your Best Life Now. While there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, you've taken the time out to listen to this one. So for that, I would like to say thank you. So without any further delay, let's get to it. Let's strive for more. is helping people strive for more in the area of public speaking. Cynthia is a voice coach, TEDx speaker, and best-selling author. She has helped professionals from 46 different countries across six continents find their powerful voice. In this episode, she will discuss the process to becoming a public speaker and how to create a powerful message that influences and influences change. Hi, Cynthia. Welcome. Thank you so much for being a guest on my show. How are you? Hi, Ronica. I am excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, it is a pleasure to have you as well. I can tell you that as I was doing research for your episode, I was looking at your website and watching and watching your TED Talk and you know seeing the videos and everything. I was like, wow, this is really dynamic. And I was thinking, am I doing all I can be as a speaker? <laughs> because you know, is, is my message powerful? So how did you get into public speaking? That's a long story. <laughs> so um, what really pushed me uh, to go into this industry was because I was in a group where they're all speakers. So that's why that when I saw them speak, I thought, okay, I can do this as well. So that was the final push. That is also why that I always suggest other people who want to start public speaking or start any business is that they need to go out and meet people who are in the, in the position, in the industry that they want to be in. So I think that's one of the key reasons that I went into public speaking. I think that People who decide to be public speakers, I think they're chosen. I think it's like kind of a, a special club, if you will, <laughs> that people belong to <laughs> who enjoy speaking in public because it can be a very scary thing to yes. speak to people openly because sometimes, you know, you feel judged. Like, am I saying the right thing? Do they like what I'm saying? Do I make sense? Do I mm-hmm. sound, you know, convincible? <laughs> so, um, uh-huh. 
it, it, it's really, I think, something that... Yeah, then the focus is too much on ourselves. If we're focusing on ourselves, like, oh, how are they seeing me? How are they looking at me? How are they judging me? Then all your focus is on yourself, and that is the biggest mistake that we want to avoid in public speaking. Because even though that my, what pushed me in the end was the people that I, that, that I hang around with, but I always believed I could help people, I could empower people, even though at the time I didn't know clearly what my method was. So I think to, to overcome the fear to really become a great public speaker is that your focus is the audience. How can I help them? What can I help them with? That makes so much sense. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the speaker should be focused on their message and their audience and not so much on their selves. Oh, and, and also it's abnormal that as human beings, as long as we are human beings, we are concerned about how people perceive us. So that's normal. If any listener who has this fear, just don't blame yourself. Just know that it is normal. And then the next step is that how do you overcome that? And the key is to shift your focus. Wow, shifting your focus. When you were contacted to do a TEDx talk, what was your initial reaction? I was contacted to do a TEDx talk. I'd love to do a TED talk one day. <laughs> so when I was contacted, my first reaction was, yes, <laughs> finally. Yeah, that was my first reaction. And for me, because in 20, back in 2012, I was already contacting a, uh, one of the TEDx organizers. And then she, we talked, and then she said, oh, maybe not this year. So after 2012, I didn't go and contact more TEDx organizations. So when I looked back, I thought probably back in 2012, maybe it was also not the best time for me to give the TEDx yet. So over the years, I had more experiences from working with my clients, from speaking to different audiences. It actually gave me more insight. When I did get the contact from the TEDx organizer one and a half years ago, and I knew I was ready. So I think it's also a process of knowing that when you are ready, so that was how I felt like in the entire process. And to prepare that TEDx talk, it was quite, quite different because for all my speeches, I seldom, almost none, that I would write my, my script. But for TEDx, because now it's about 13 to 15 minutes. So in that 13 to 15 minutes, you need to know exactly at which minute you need to convey what message. And that TEDx organization, they also asked me to submit my script. So in the beginning, I was not really accepting that idea. I said, oh, I never, write, I never wrote my script. But then as I started to prepare it more, I realized I do need to write it down. <laughs> I need to know at which minute I need to convey what message. In the end, the script turned out quite helpful, even though it was only for me to know that how my flow would be like but I didn't really say exactly like what I wrote in the script. 
So I think it is helpful when you do a TEDx talk to write down the script so that you are not only managing your time well, but also convey the exact message at the exact time. So that's uh, how my experience was like. Well, I am in awe, <laughs> and hopefully one day I'll be contacted to do perhaps a TEDx or TED Talk about striving for more and what that looks like. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes. Now, Stephen Covey talks often, right, about the seven habits of highly effective mm-hmm. people. But then he yes. said there's an eighth habit, and that is finding your voice. What does that mean, to find your voice? To me, it means to listen to your voice, to listen to your voice, um, because over the years that many people have asked me, they said, oh, Cynthia, how did you find your voice? How did you find the message that you are, you are talking about right now? So the more people ask me, the more I started to think. And in my experience that I had never purposely go and find my voice, what I did was always listening to, to what my voice is talking to me about. I would say is to listen to your voice, listen to that, what kind of lessons that you have learned from every experience that you had, especially the challenges you have overcome. Because all these challenges, they were hard at the time when you were experiencing it. But once you are able to overcome it, they become your wealth. So the topic I am talking about is about voice. When I look back, I was struggling to find my own voice. I was struggling to be heard. And then, so because of the challenges I have overcome, and another one is not only listen to your own voice, but also listen to the customer's voices. So even though I had that experience, it was not until someone asked me, oh, how do I develop my voice? That's why I realized, oh, not only I have overcome my challenge and it became my wealth, but also my wealth is also something people are looking for. So that's the reason that I am giving this message I am giving right now. And it is, oh, uh, it is well received. So to, summary, to summarize, that finding your voice is more about listening to two voices. One is to listen to your own voice, to listen to all these challenges you have, you have overcome and find the lessons from your challenges. And the other one is listening to what customers are saying, and then you will find a good match. Wow. You know, many people who have found their voice and know how to communicate the right message, they really seem like they are a catalyst for change. And I know some people say, you know, they feel that they are a change agent or they refer mm-hmm. to certain people as change agents. So mm-hmm. how do you know if you are a person that's a catalyst for change? Um, everyone, to me, everyone is or should be a catalyst for change because every one of us, whether we want to change or not, either you are the catalyst for change, or you will be changed if you don't change. (laughs) So instead of being reactive, 
why don't we become more responsive? That you are defining yourself as the catalyst for change. So the change, you don't have to do something huge. The change is happening in our everyday life. Um, it's just a matter of most people that they are not ready to go from being reactive to responsive. So then the question is, they want to ask themselves is that, am I ready to go from being reactive to responsive? If your heart tells you that you are ready, you feel you are ready, then you are the catalyst for change. Wow. I never thought of that. <laughs> so thank you for that insight. So sure. as you're making a speech, I mean, are there certain parts to a speech? Is there a particular outline that's the best outline to follow? Like, what are the components to making a great speech? Mm-hmm. First, let's talk about the structure, the outline. So in terms of the outline, the key word is suspense. So you see that we all have watched great movies, great TV series, and uh, all these, especially those TV series, that they always have suspenses. So they would have suspenses in every episode. And then even when the entire season is ending, at the last episode of that season, they also planned another suspense so that half a year later we can, we can come back for the next season. So in terms of the outline, when you are structuring your outline, you want to make sure you have the keyword suspense in your mind. Instead of telling them, okay, next I'm going to talk about blah, 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 you think about how can I set a suspense so that people want to listen to more. So if you can structure your speech in a way that is suspense after suspense, then people are going to be hooked. They are going to be listening to you voluntarily. So that's the keywords they need to keep in mind. And that's why that when you start your, your opening of a speech, you don't say, good morning, everyone. I am Cynthia. Today I'm going to talk about voice. And if I start with that, most people will start to click on their phone or whatever is more interesting on their phone. So that's why that in the opening, you want to start in a way that makes people think, oh, Tell me more. I want to know more. And the key word is suspense. There are many ways you can build suspenses. But then the question I always got was, oh, Cynthia, does that mean that I don't greet them? It sounds impolite. You do greet them, but you don't greet them right at your first two sentences. So you need to grab their attention with a suspense, and then you can greet them to show your politeness. So that's a few key things to keep in mind when you're structuring your speech. Yeah, I can tell you that the people who have been the best speakers to captivate my attention or an audience mm-hmm. have been people who have been, yeah, in a sense, suspenseful. Um, you know, they have you on the edge of, of your feet trying yes. to figure out how they overcame a particular situation or event or idea or challenge and it's like you're like I want to know like what's next <laughs> so I could definitely mm, yes. see that so yes. I have to make sure that I tailor 
my speeches and any anytime I have any type of talks or whatever, I need to be a little bit more suspenseful. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yes. All right. So in trying to create your speech or your talk or especially as a person like me, I'm a motivator. I speak to students and kids and, and, and adults as well. And then even within this own podcast, um, I have a few, you know, motivational episodes where I'm trying to help people with certain mm-hmm. aspects of their life. So how do you know, like, what's a good topic or even if it's the right topic for you to speak about? Because I feel like sometimes I'm trying to talk about something and I feel like I'm forcing it. And mm-hmm. and it's like, I just don't need to talk about it. <laughs> so well, how do you know if, you know, you're the person that's, a sense ordained, you know, like to be the spokesperson yes. for that particular topic? Uh, first of all, that they need to know the topic is, one is, is something that the speaker wants to talk about. It resonates with the speaker first. And then it is something that is going to help the, the audience, which is it is something that the, the audience is looking for. So those are the two points we mentioned earlier. But then, of course, that when you are facing different audiences, you also need to see that which angle of my topic will help this group of audiences more. So, for example, uh, I talk about uh, the uh, be heard in the noisy world. So when I talk to, for example, people in the corporate versus when I talk to entrepreneurs, then it will definitely have some small changes because I need to know that these two types of audiences, the challenges they are facing in terms of being heard are slightly different. Um, so, for example, the entrepreneurs will be how do you stand out in, from the competitors so that as an entrepreneur, other people can hear your message instead of resonate with your message. And then in the corporate world, the challenges they face will be different. It will be, how do I get heard in meetings? How do I get my message out in meetings or in presentation with more impact? So then I need to address their challenges and customize my message with, to meet their challenge, even though that to be heard, the, the skills will be the same but I need to address their challenges and make sure that I make some small twists in my message to fulfill their needs. And that requires us to really know exactly what kind of challenges your audiences are facing in terms of your message. Wow. And I I can see that, and that, that makes a lot of sense because I can remember in school when I had to stand in front of the class, right, and you know, mm-hmm. talk about a particular topic, especially one that I wasn't interested in. And it was so hard, even though I knew how to speak. I've mm-hmm. been told I'm a really great orator. But mm-hmm. I can tell you, yeah, the times when I've had to speak about a topic that I'm not really interested in, uh, it's difficult. It's very difficult to do that. Yes. But times when I've been like, oh my gosh, yes, I'm excited to talk about this topic. I'm fired up about it. And I may even write a speech. And I end up going off the <laughs> off from my speech. But it's first. But I realize, yeah, yeah you know, I, I really I really am 
tied to this topic. This topic resonates with me, um, so I can say a lot about it. I'm very, very well-versed in, um, in that particular topic. So I can see yes. how in that process you really got to think about, is this a topic that you're, you're tied to? And especially when someone asks you to speak, I guess you got to learn and say no, right? It actually reminded me of uh, the, uh, the story about the I Have a Dream speech. So the story was that Dr. Martin Luther King, he had a script. And then when he was observing the crowds, the audience, and then he realized that his original script is not going to work. So then he decided to give an impromptu speech. <laughs> so he gave that speech without much preparation, without he threw away the original script. So that's why that it is that we need to also at times that we need to sense what matters the most to the audience and then to address that what matters the most to them. Sometimes maybe you did prepare, prepare a script, but it turned out that it's not going to work the best. No, that, that I understand that. So then to make sure you can nail that message, right, that's the reason why people hire you. Um, to help them become the best speaker. Um, you, they hire you as a voice coach to become the best speaker in how to do the, all those things that you talked about, how to capture the audience, how to be suspenseful um, and, and provide that suspense experience and have people on the edge of their seat. So how does this typical process begin when you help your clients? Like what is that initial process like? Mm-hmm. Um. So the first step is to know what are their challenges. And that's why that it'll help you, uh, whoever is listening right now, if you want to speak about, if you want to get your message heard, is that you need to understand what challenges people are facing in the area of your expertise. So the first step is that I listen to what their challenges are and also listen to what's the deeper reason behind their challenges because even sometimes they may not even see what is the deeper reason behind their challenges. So then uh, by listening to them and also to listen to the deeper reasons and then I would uh, review with them and then also share with them more about what I see their real challenges are. So, for example, they would say that, oh, I feel that every time when I speak, uh, my voice is too soft, or when I spoke that no one even noticed I spoke. And this is not only just the voice is a problem, but also that sometimes that if you are, uh, if you are fearful about visibility, then it is going to create the problem of you are not speaking with a, with a powerful voice. Because then if you are speaking with a powerful voice, you will get noticed. You will get visible. That's something you are not comfortable with. And that's why that you are not speaking with a, with a stronger voice. So we'll also explore what is the deeper reason behind this uh, problem. So that's what I would recommend everyone who is listening to explore more deeper behind all these challenges so that you can really help them to solve the problem once and for all. 
So that's the first step that we discovered the problems, the challenges, and the deeper reason that created those challenges. And then after that, so we will be working on. So there are three key areas I work with them on. One is the physical voice, the voice mechanism. So for example, some people's voice is too soft, too loud, too high-pitched, too low-pitched, so uh, speaking fast. So that's the voice mechanism. And then the other one is uh, what we just mentioned, which is the deeper reason. Uh, what is the deeper reason that created those voice problems? And that could be, for example, the fear of visibility, the fear of judgment, the fear of uh, not being accepted, uh, the fear of imperfection. So all these different fears. And then the third area that we work on is how you are structuring what you are saying, like the suspense we were talking about earlier on. Because sometimes they can. Sometimes they will tell me, they say, oh, I already have the, I already have the, the, the uh, speech. I just need to make sure that when I deliver it, uh, my voice is strong. I am speaking with varieties in my voice. But when I look at the script, it is structured in a way that's very boring, that's, <laughs> that's going to put people into sleep 100% sure. <laughs> so, we need, <laughs> so we need to work on how you structure in a way that has suspenses so that you will make people listen for the entire time. So those are the three key areas that I work with them on. Well, Cynthia, I do not have any doubt in my mind that you are phenomenal. And I really appreciate you taking the time to, you know, share your wisdom and expertise with my audience. Now, I have one last question. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have anything to do with the topic that we've been talking about. And so my question to you is, who is your favorite superhero and why? I don't have a favorite one, but I think I, uh, I like Superman or every other superhero who has the experience of they didn't choose to be a superhero, but because they have this superpower which gave them the responsibility to become a superhero. So for me, I had never been a a voluntary superhero in my field. But I think because of these experiences I had, these challenges I have overcome, somehow I found my mission and my responsibility to help people. I think I like um, the superheroes, those who, who are involuntary superheroes. But in the end, they embraced their superpower and, and used it to help more people. So I think Superman has some similar experience. Well, Cynthia, this is simply remarkable. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you. I know you're calling us from Singapore, (laughs) and I know the time difference is is, uh, a factor, so I really appreciate you. Please take this time to let everyone know how they can purchase a copy of your book or seek your services. Sure. So they can, uh, if they want to get a copy of my book, they can go to Amazon and then just search in Amazon, Influence Through Voice, Cynthia. Uh, You can just type these four words, Influence Through Voice, Cynthia, because uh, there is another book also has the same title, 
<laughs> so they can put my first name there. They will be able to find the book. And uh, if they want to work with me, they can uh, contact me on my website. So my website is powerfulexecutivevoice.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Any last words of encouragement for the listeners as they strive for more? So recently someone asked me, and uh, they asked me with the question that, oh, is it a good time right now to become a public speaker? Because right now there's pandemic, there's natural disasters, economic downturn, blah, blah, blah. So they felt that it, it, it may not be a good time. So I, th- I, I told them, and also I would offer this encouragement to the listeners as well. It is exactly the right time for you to become a public speaker if you have been thinking about it. There is no better time than right now because right now is the time that people are looking for inspiration, looking for encouragement, looking for empowerment. And if you had the experience in those areas, then go out there and encourage people, empower people. This is the perfect time right now. Wow. Thank you so much, Cynthia. I really appreciate you. Seriously, you are phenomenal. Uh, A phenomenal woman, a phenomenal person. And I just appreciate you taking the time out and and a little time with me. Please take care and continue to strive for more. If you are enjoying this podcast, please leave me a review on iTunes or Google or in any of your favorite podcast players. Like, share, tell someone about Strive For More podcast. I really appreciate you sharing this journey with me and listening to each and every episode. I cannot thank you enough. Continue to strive for more and live your best life now. See you in the next episode. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.